Welcome to episode 23 of the Yuri Brito podcast. I'm your host, Yuri Brito, and I'm here with a special guest, uh, Dr. Brian Wright, who has just uh, come out with a new book recently called Inspired Questions, A Year's Journey Through the New Testament. And uh, we did an interview for Kyperion. I want to follow up here at uh, yuribrito.com talking about something different. And I want to talk about the process of, of writing which is um, a fairly, um, it can be very tedious, it requires productivity, it requires time set aside, you don't just sit down and write uh, 10,000 words, you need a kind of environment to produce these things. Brian, you've written a few books, done a lot of work, you've done good scholarship. How do you come about um, writing something? There are blogs out there, there are all sorts of things, but putting something like a blog at a very popular level is one thing, and you've written a lot of those, but when it comes to book writing and publishing, it's an entirely new process. How do you go about that process? Why don't you just stay blogging? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, well, I, I don't have my own blog, but I have uh, been fortunate to be a guest contributor on a number of blogs. But um, it is, like you said, a very different process, a very different um, way to go about it. And, and I can only speak for what works for me. And I've talked to a number of other authors, and different things work for different authors. Uh, there are some people that, like like a Tom Wright, that can just sit down and probably write 10,000 words. But it's remarkable. I, I, I would, at least I know that's not me. Uh, one of the things that was very helpful for me was actually when I was doing my PhD work, I felt that every time I, I wrote a chapter, I couldn't imagine how in the world I would be able to write another. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that uh, I remember a, a tip that I was given, and it comes from um, uh, Benjamin Franklin, is, you know, by, by little strokes fell great oaks. Yeah. And my thought was, each day I'm going to do something, whatever that something is. It could be read an article, write a sentence, uh, edit a paragraph, whatever it was. But every day I was doing a little something. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that oak fell. And so I think that's one tip I would give to people that are out there saying, where do I get started? Well, you know, it, it starts with step one, as they say. And so, um, you know, putting something down. But, but the thing that I feel was the most beneficial for me was not just starting to write stuff. Um, it was more of outlining. It, it wasn't. Re it really wasn't until I, I was doing my PhD works until I saw the importance and benefit of outlining. And so um, it, it literally could be whether it's at the chapter level or the book level, but that everything is tying back into the main theme or the main uh, thesis, again, depending on what you're writing, and, and, and this wouldn't apply maybe to novels or things, but it would apply to some academic writing as well as some other popular level writing. Um, but, but having a good structure, and then the more you're able to build out the outline, then really you're just kind of adding the meat to the bone. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that, it, 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 was, it became a lot easier when I did it that way versus, so I've done it both ways. I've done the, I start writing and boy, you, you really want to nail the opening sentence before you go on to the next one. And right. you wanna, so I've done that, but, but I felt like that was oftentimes a more difficult process and, and probably wasn't as, um, uh, you know, was it, it wasn't a process that, that worked for me as well as just really getting down to the outlining first. I love your, your passion for, not just for the academy, but for the church. Um, pastors out there, you do full-time pastoral work in prison. I do full-time pastoral work at a, a local congregation. You do some work at the congregational level, too. Uh, for pastors who are engaged in the academy, but often find themselves uh, fairly limited, at least in terms of their desire to engage the academy because of the necessities of daily church work, um, and any thoughts, Brian, on how we can, how you can encourage uh, pastors to desire the academy? Because I think that's the, the pastor theologian motif is 
almost uh, it's almost absent in our culture, and we want more pastor theologians. The great pastors of church history have all been theologians. How do you begin uh, encouraging that process? Absolutely, and I couldn't agree more. And you know, it was funny even as I began pursuing my PhD, everyone's assumption was, "Oh, you're going to go be a professor," just because uh-huh. that's what people with PhDs do. Well, I think it was Christianity Today came out with an article, not to get off track, but uh-huh. came out with an article um, when it was the turn of the century at looking at some of the most uh, uh, well-known and, and prolific pastors in the 20th century. And, and I think of the, maybe it was 20 of them that they listed, only one or two of them didn't have their PhD. So you think of some of the most well-known pastors that are engaging the culture, that are making this you know, uh, an international impact, and they spend an extra season of their life deepening themselves in God's word and, and having these degrees. And like you said, I love it, the pastor theologian or the pastor scholar. And so, and there seems to have been a great need for that because there's a number of books from publishers coming out on that. And so to answer your question, I feel one of the things, and, and again, pastors will know this, but sometimes it's good to be reminded of this, is time management is mm. so key. Mm. And so I feel if you don't make time, if you can't say no to certain things, you might have to say no to good things because there's even better or greater things that you have to that you're able to say yes to, like whether it's attending a conference that other pastors and scholars attend, uh, not just maybe a pastors only conference, but um, like an ETS or you know, and there's other conferences. But staying engaged, making the time, um, being able to say no to even some good things in order to say this is something that's important, this is something that I need to both be refreshing to my own soul, but the more I'm able to be fed and refreshed, how much more am I able to pour out in my ministry and in my vocation? This is We do live in a day where there's a prolific amount of, um, of writing. Should every pastor write? I think yes, but to what extent? Um, what I mean by that is uh, I, it's tough for me to think, and I pause for a moment to think, is there a pastor that ought not be writing things to his church or contributing to a news bulletin or engaging his culture, perhaps even responding uh, in a column in a newspaper. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, you even see that all the way up to the Wall Street Journal. You'll have people like even Aravi Zacharias. Right. He'll, he'll write in a, just a little, a couple paragraphs to just respond so that we have a voice that's out there. So it's tough for me to think that there wouldn't be, and again, I know there is, so I don't want to go to the extreme of saying if you're a pastor and you're not writing, then you're not, you're not doing your job. But yeah. at the same time, I would say It'd be more of an anomaly for somebody not to do any type of writing, whether it's even locally within their congregation, locally within their community, or even doing a blog, engaging issues. I mean, because again, you see it in scripture. You see the men of Issachar that would study their times and engage the culture. So they knew what Israel should do. Or you see Paul is able to quote Corinthian slogans because he knew what the slogans were in his day. Or to be able to quote from here's the you know pagan poets that people are reading or you see the bookish community of Jude that engaged other uh, books outside of the script outside of the, the inspired word of God so so I, I see a very bookish um, Christianity I see a very engaged Christianity in the culture um, in a good way so I think again it's tough to give a black and white should every pastor be writing I think my my initial answer would say the overwhelming majority should be. Yeah, I, that's a that's a that's a great answer. That's a great answer. 
So there's a pastor out there listening to this conversation. He has never written in his life. He feels very um, inadequate to uh, contribute to any kind of writing. Or he may have the uh, perfectionist tendencies where he says, unless I can't write something perfectly, I'm not going to do it. Um, and then there's the other pastor out there who just doesn't engage much anything outside his local. There, there's kind of that unique balance, right? Some pastors are going to focus very much on the existential crisis of his congregants. And the other wants to, uh, the other goes to the other extreme and wants to... Uh, wants to engage the academy at all times, that we're at the point where he doesn't, he's not meeting his congregation on Sunday morning, right? We talk a little bit about this, the over-academized uh, pulpit, which can be a, a danger also. Um, what, where would you begin encouraging a pastor, let's say in the other extreme, who doesn't like to read at all, who doesn't like to engage the academy because he's seen the academy as something that pollutes the church and leads to liberalism? How would you calm that pastor's heart yeah, and, and gosh, so many thoughts come to mind. I think one of the first things I, I would say is just to almost spend the time in prayer to be able to, one, pray for the academy if your view is that it's gone in whatever direction. You know, uh, you know what's the saying? We, we have the academy we've prayed for, uh -huh. and, and so we need to pray for it. Um, and, and the professors, and, and so, but what things can you do to forge relationships to where I know a number of schools that are looking for local churches that they can partner with in order to provide better materials and courses and things like that. And so even if the pastor isn't the person that feels equipped to do all the writing, do all the curriculums, do everything, because again, in, in, truth be told, a pastor can't do everything. They, they right. need to have others that, that they're supporting, but to show the connection of the church and the academy and the seminary, um, but to the one that would just say that uh, I, I don't need to read anything but the Bible or mm -hmm. I don't need to um, engage in anything in the culture, I would just certainly hope to be able to open up the Word of God and, and say that's not what we see the early Christians doing. That's not what we see Christ proclaiming. That's not what we see. You know, there was a, an article recently, um, uh, once again, not that it's the only one I read, but it just came, came to my mind yeah. in Christianity Today of, you know, uh, we don't. We shouldn't share the gospel because no one in the New Testament did. Was some something like that was the mm -hmm. title. This idea of it's we should be proclaiming, we should be persuading, we should be um, you know uh, forming arguments in order to again persuade the culture, persuade people. Well, we do that by engaging the things in the culture or by using the Word of God in order to, as Paul did in the Book of Acts, of he would. Um, show them from the scriptures, or he would quote the pagan poets, or, or, or even, as I mentioned earlier, uh, in the book of Jude, it, it, they'll quote the Testament of Abraham, or the book of, Mo you know, um, yeah. or the uh, Testament of Moses, and so the, the, these extra-biblical texts, because they're well-read, they're able to engage the culture for what, what's going on, they're able to quote them, and so that you just see an engagement. So I, I just want to get back to the text, get back to what we see in the early century. Fantastic. Brian, uh, Brian is the author of Inspired Questions, A Year's Journey Through the New Testament. I would really encourage my listeners uh, to get a copy of this for a family member and something that will uh, will stir uh, more conversation in your home. If you want that, i got a great book for it, Inspired Questions by Dr. Brian Wright. Thanks, Brian, for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me.